for this. What is nothing? Yeah, that's deep. What in the fuck are we doing here? That's deep, bro. Welcome to That's Deep Bro, Serious Questions with Silly People. I'm Christina Pajitsky, your host, and uh, today we're doing the topic of rejection. (laughs) What stand-up comedian doesn't know that one intimately? Oh my gosh. My guest today is Allison Rosen of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Hello. Only like the coolest, most wonderful, sweetest person on the planet. And recently she's had to deal with some rejection, and we'll get into that in a bit. But first, some business. Guys, I know you love That's Deep Bro. I know you do. I love you too. Please help support my show by um, using my Amazon banner. When you go to my website, that's deepropodcast.com, you click on my Amazon banner when you do your shopping and uh, it kicks back some coin to the show. And listen, if you're not using Amazon, get your life because there's no reason to leave your house. Right, Allison? Oh, shoot. Your mic's not on. I prefer not to leave my house. (laughs) Yeah. Everything you want, you can get on Amazon. Do you do Amazon Prime yet? Do I ever? (laughs) It's, I don't actually, I don't know how people live without Amazon Prime. It's it's so money well spent. It is money because you pay a flat rate and then all of Especially since I get it for free because my husband already had the account. Yeah. It gets there so fast. It's the best. And do you automate things like toilet paper in your home yet and paper towels and such? I should. Yeah. I know I should, yeah. but Come I on. don't. Come on. Alice. I went through a phase where I was eating this stuff called miracle rice, which is like mm. low calorie. I don't know what it is. It's probably like <laughs> some kind of translucent styrofoam product. Yeah. And I was eating that so often that that I subscribed to that. And I think once I subscribed to coffee, uh, but and actually the problem with the miracle rice though, is that then good. I stopped eating it and I'm like, I have like 15,000 bags of this <laughs> faux rice. I actually just threw some out recently. Um, but anyway, I'm, yeah, I'm all about the, uh, oh. Amazon stuff guys. Yeah. And again, I implore you use my banner, please. Um, I'm a stand up comedian. Go to thousandranch.com. That's Thousand Ranch, my two favorite salad dressings together.com to see my live dates. I've added a bunch for 2015. Uh, where am I going this year? 2015. I'm doing like Omaha. I'm doing Indianapolis. I'm doing Cincinnati, Washington, D.C., all those places and more. More is coming. So check that uh for 2015 also listen to your mom's house if you i know you guys like to talk about we talk about real things here on this show but then there's other real things things like uh pooping and (laughs) making fun of people's accents um really silly stuff that's your mom's house that's also free on itunes i do that with my husband tom segura uh and there you go okay so so here we go this is it we're gonna do it the topic of rejection. Oh man. Fuck, I love this topic. I feel like I'm really I feel like I'm one with this one. I mean, I was goth for many years, so that's what that's what you specialize in when you're goth. Rejection is being like, oh, the world, the world doesn't <laughs> nobody gets me. I think I was goth on the inside and yet also I appear goth on the outside, but I never thought I never 
I never identified as goth. Yeah, just you're honorary. Sad. <laughs> oh, wait, so in light of this, I'm going to play our little song and then we'll get into it. Ready? Yay. Okay. Here we are. That was the great Morrissey. Uh, and, you know, for this topic uh, in philosophy, Allison, I, did, I couldn't find anything specifically on rejection in and of itself. But I thought, why not turn to the great goth philosopher, <laughs> the great poet um, known as Morrissey. And the song we played is I Don't Mind If You Forget Me. And there's a one there's a line in there that I've like has been in my head since I was a teenager. And that is. Rejection is one thing, but rejection from a fool is cruel. And I do feel like with rejection, yes. that's the central problem, right? That, I feel like that kind of was perhaps the guiding principle throughout my entire dating life for many, <laughs> many years, which is I think that I threw myself at people that weren't... I sound like an asshole saying this. I don't know how to say it. I don't know how to de-assholeify it, but like yeah. weren't worthy of me, perhaps. There you go. And, but, so then when they didn't want me, it was like, what? I was yes. doing you a favor. <laughs> Which, yeah. again, I, please <laughs> run this through the asshole filter and no. strip, strip that away. <laughs> I was just talking to somebody about this last night. It's the rejections that come, especially in, in romantic relationships, from the dudes that were like, "You were, yeah, you were doing them a favor, yeah. man. And then you're like, fuck what? Like, I'm better looking than you. I've got better <laughs> grades than you. Yeah. Come on, man. I got a Chevy Nova. I got an 87 Chevy Nova. You don't have a driver's license. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> motherfucker. I was dating this guy, dude. Fuck. I was dating this guy in college. Such a loser. Like, so hot, though. So mm-hmm. hot. Did so many they, drugs. They usually are. Yeah. Oh, great lay. Just great. And he rejected me. Oh, is it too loud? I'm sorry. Oh, no. I just like, sometimes I like to take one you ear off one just meow? to, yeah, that's Well, you're like, Tony, you're like Tony Braxton in the studio. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, turn me on my headphones. Uh, but yeah, but I, I, I still to this day feel the sting of that one. Yeah. And romantic relationships. What the fuck? I wonder, I know this is a philosophy podcast, but no, I wonder I if you would find more about rejection in the field of psychology. Yes. to me, it's yes. sort of about the human need to be, like we're kind of pack animals, you know? So yes. it's the need for yes, validation yes, 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 and the yes. need for approval and the need for acceptance. And rejection sort of cuts to the core of that and it's like oh you're thrust out of the warmth and you you might be alone you might defend for yourself and exactly. you might exactly and i found that in psychology i'm glad you brought that oh, up good. yes the answer lies it says uh this is from i found this on a salon.com article <laughs> but in psychology it says the answer lies in our evolutionary past the answer of the question why is it so important to be social humans are social animals being rejected from our tribe or social group and our pre-civilized past would have meant losing access to food, protection, and mating partners, making it extremely difficult to survive. Being ostracized would have been akin to receiving a death sentence. So that is basically, it's this primal thing of, 
Don't leave me. Don't leave me. How will I fend? How will I how will I survive? And if you don't like me, that means there's something wrong with me. And what if everyone won't like me or won't accept me? I mean, that that was another thing always with with dating or just with being young was I always felt that if I got rejected, that's about me. There's always. something wrong with me. And I remember oh, a therapist saying, if someone rejects you, that's about them. It's about for whatever reason they didn't you know, feel like this was going to work. And it took me at the beginning, like it did, I just heard the words. It didn't even make sense. It took me a while to realize that you can be totally fine and someone can still not want to date you. Yeah. And that, you know, it's okay. Like some, some people up. don't like, actually Liz Winstead said this, so I don't, I don't want to take it as my own, but like some people don't like chocolate. Some people don't like sex. Like, yes. These are those things that are perfectly fine. Most people like them actually. Mm-hmm. Not everyone's going to like them though. And right. that's okay. There's people that don't like pizza. Yeah. Can you believe that? People that don't, there's people that don't want to be with together people. I was talking yes. to a guy last night at the comedy store about this, how he's seeing this really dysfunctional girl. It's terrible, but it makes a schmeckle hard. <laughs> That's the problem is that it makes your dick hard. So right. then, no, what was he supposed to do? Ignore that primal thing of like, you ruining me feels great. I'm going to keep coming back to that or. And that's like glue. I, know. I mean, that is that that's that chemistry whole thing is so addictive. Yeah. But yeah. in the chemistry aspect of so, you know, there's rejection in career situations, which yes. I think we'll, I suspect we'll likely talk about. We might. We might get into it. <laughs> but in love relationships, there's that whole X factor of the chemistry. Yes. And that is something that's so out of your control. Yeah. And I that I don't I don't like it being so out of, out of your control. I don't like it either. And it's interesting. And in, in the words I, I looked up these quotes, um, the great philosopher poet Jenny Garth. Oh, are you familiar with? Yes, her from that um, from that tome nine hundred two one zero. One of my <laughs> favorite textbook. shows. Yeah, one of my favorite shows on the planet, Beverly Hills nine hundred two one zero from the nineties. I watched every episode, and I'm not joking. It was one of those shows that I love to hate. Brenda had incandescent hair or yeah. eyes, <laughs> <laughs> but she smoked pot. Remember, Brenda? She was a bad girl. I yeah. liked her. So this is from Jenny Garth, and I I was so shocked to re- like to read words of hers <laughs> and be like, hey man, that's that's deep, bro. Uh, Jenny says, I think with any sort of rejection, you're angry that you weren't enough for that person. That resonates with me. Wow. wow. How did Jenny Garth get so, so deep? deep? I know. How the fuck? That that probably sums it up. Yes. Uh, more than any other shit I read on psychology. I mean, well, that's wow. such a shitty feeling to feel yeah. like it. I guess I'm not effective as a human being. Not right. enough to keep this thing going. Right. And you feel so small. Yeah. Which is not a good feeling. No. And I think that there are gradations of rejection. I was thinking about... Quick question. Do you sure. know what she was talking about? What she talking about? I think relationships. I would. That sounds to me like a romantic rejection, right? Mm-hmm. What you say? But, but actually, I've, I find that to be the core of all of it. Yeah. Professionally, romantically, whatever the fuckly, that's, that's the essence is the fear is I'm not good enough. Like you said. And I'm replaceable. Right. I'm not special. I'm not who I want to think I am. Right. Which you still are. But you are those things. (laughs) You are special. You are fantastic. By the way, holy shit, I didn't... 
first of all, back that ass up. I meant, I meant to say this at the top. For those of you who don't know who I'm speaking with, I'm so sorry, Allison. Oh, I'm okay. like, I slept like two hours last night. So that's okay. Everyone knows who I am. That's okay. I know. <laughs> I'm like, I can't no. believe I didn't do you proper. I did assume because I'm like, oh, we're friends. So surely everybody <laughs> knows everything about you. So Allison Rosen is, is sitting in front of me. And Allison is one of the most unique human beings I know in showbiz. I mean, like, I can't believe oh, you're in you. showbiz and I adore you. And the reason being, you have a show called Allison Rosen is your new best friend. It's which a podcast, you have been on twice. Which I've been on twice, yes. And I, what's so uh, unique and shocking and wonderful about you is that you're a complete person and you're vulnerable. And I find that in today's society, vulnerability it's not privileged nearly enough because it's considered to be a weakness. A we- yes, a beta trait. Whereas the alphas, the loud talkers of the world, tend to get all the attention and the, the accolades. It's people like you who have the courage to be vulnerable and to share the truth and to share the ugly parts of themselves that are the real courageous people of the world, the Thank heroes. You. Yeah, so thank you for having that show because I think what your show does is make people go, "Wow, maybe I maybe I am normal. Maybe compared to so and so, I don't feel like such a freak." <laughs> well, I do think that we all walk around feeling like, "Oh, if I were just more, if I hadn't said it that way, yes. if I were smoother, if I were more confident, if I were this, if I were that, uh, then things would be going okay, you know, going better for me." And also Everyone else is all those things, but I'm this like insecure mess that's pretending to be a certain, I mean, I might be overstating it, but everyone thinks that their foibles are their own and everyone else has it made. Um, and I think that that is total BS. I think that, I think that everyone is a lot more similar than we ever know. And I mean, that's kind of the, one of the crazy sad truths of human existence is that we are all such separate beings mm. who never really you can never really be inside someone else's head but ironically we kind of are because we with all podcasts. share with hot <laughs> yeah. yeah and isn't that it was funny i was talking to paul gilmartin who does the i love him i yeah. love him too he's Look, gonna be he, on the, the show he's too. another i feel like he's like very courageous yeah and doing such a good service. helpful service yeah he's amazing talk about vulnerability and totally. courage on that show uh, the Mental Illness Podcast, for those who don't know. He mental co- Illness Happy Hour. Happy yeah. Hour, sorry, yeah. Uh, mentalpod.com, I think, is his. Yes. And what's your site? Oh, I'm alisonrosen.com. Alisonrosen1L. Yes. R-O-S-E-N. Um, uh, oh, he covers everything. PTSD, rape, incest, all the ooky parts of life that we don't talk about. And which is kind of why I love your show and who you are, too, because actually all the ooky, weird parts of life are the majority of existence and you don't see that represented on television there's no show where people talks about the pleasure of picking a scab off your scalp (laughs) and pulling it through the hair oh that's a good one (laughs) it's so good oh pulling a long hair out of your butt crack yes that's more relief than pure exhilaration of head scab picking (laughs) head scabbing but not just bodily stuff also weird mental stuff lots of weird weird feelings and I think that humans... Weird common feelings. Yeah, and you're, you're taught to do your affirmations and to get into therapy and some maybe the promise of one day never having those ooky thoughts or feelings or, or coping with them better, but they don't go away, do they? I don't... I think you can change your behavior. I don't know how much you can change your thoughts. Mm. That might be... That's sort of a depressing notion. Mm. I think you can to a degree, but my experience in therapy and self-improvement, at least, has been learning how to react differently. Yes. But the triggers and all the stuff that made you perhaps react 
in a not healthy way before that's that all is still there it's just not as powerful yeah you kind of learn what your wiring is you you can step back and look at yourself on a meta level and go oh that's what that is there goes that thing in me ah shit there goes that (laughs) don't like that let's try to let's try to not harm or hurt other people as i'm dealing and reeling yeah in my own stuff rejection used to be a very very painful thing for me and it's not like I love it now but it was probably the one of the most painful things I experienced at at a young age I realize it sounds like I'm setting this up for a very dramatic story and I'm not it's just when I was a kid and my parents would go out I would freak out and I don't know why but my dad had this watch that he would put on when they were getting ready to go out when they were dressed up he had two different watches one was his everyday watch and his other was his like special occasion watch and when I would see him put on that watch I would just begin to like just have a little meltdown. I mean, I was like two or three. I don't know why. I don't know why I was hmm. so fundamentally not okay with. I don't know why I was always so afraid of being abandoned. Um, I think maybe I have very overprotect or had very overprotective parents, and I think that without they weren't intentionally sending me this message, but I think I just picked up on this sort of the anxiety in the house, but also this feeling that they're the only ones who can keep me safe. Perhaps. Which was actually true because you were a child and you right. were dependent on these people. And maybe on some level you didn't feel like they were capable of caring maybe. enough or maybe who knows. Yeah. But so rejection was always in rejection and abandonment was incredibly threatening for me. And I also think that rejection was somewhat of a blind spot for me in that I would see it in, in relationships, I would see it where it wasn't and I wouldn't see it until it was too late. Oftentimes Mm. I just couldn't, it was such a hot button issue for me. I couldn't perceive it correctly. And yet, you know, now present day, I just got fired from the Adam Carolla show, which is a rejection. Mm. And in fact, that's the part of it that that stings is the rejection. Um, But I'm really remarkably okay with it. I don't love it, you know, but I'm really doing okay. And I don't know that that would have been the case some years ago. So I think that's growth on my part. Like it's a bummer to lose this job and this thing that I had every, you know, five days a week for four years. It's, It's weird that suddenly it's gone, but in terms of who I am as a person, that's not in question. Yes. Which, thank oh, God. Oh, gosh, that's a huge distinction. Yeah. For those of you listening who don't haven't can't don't understand what she's saying, <laughs> uh, because for many years I didn't. It's not that I'm judging no, if you I don't. Know, yeah. uh, there's, I got kicked off a of last comic, or didn't make it on last comic standing a few years ago, right? And I, the rejection of that sent me into a spiral the next morning in the shower of, you didn't get that. Well, you must not be very good at comedy. You must not be a good comedian. Therefore, you must not be a good person. You're, you're bad. probably a, f- a fraud. Did you yes. feel like a fraud? Of course. I always go there. Of course. You're at, and then, but then, but here's, yeah, it goes to your fraud. And then it goes to the most harmful attack. You're not a good person. See, I knew you were bad. I like if you're you a good bad. person, you'll be rewarded by the yes. universe. And this is a sign that you're not. Right. And if rejection is somehow a sign, it validates the worst part in you. Of, yes. I, I, must I must be a piece of shit. Yeah. They were right. I, I'm right. I'm a piece of shit. But for you to have that distinction of, hey, this thing can happen, but myself is intact, my sense of self. Right. That's massive. It's weird. I don't I don't know how I emerged with that, but I'm happy I did. Me too. <laughs> well, so let's start there. I mean, look, there are gradations of rejection. There's uh I'm a stand-up comedian, so uh every night I get rejected on a joke, a new thing here or there. There's 
getting rejected from a club. Maybe they don't want you there. Maybe there's, you don't get the part. Those are things that I've over the years developed in a bit of more of an immunity to. You just go, ah, it's not me. This is a beyond me. I still yeah. have trouble with audition rejections. Oh, it's the worst. It depends. <laughs> but when I find out that I didn't get something I auditioned for, instead of feeling like, oh, maybe I was close, you know, but they saw a ton of people and they just found one that was perfectly right for them, I feel like they prob when I went in there and did my whatever I did, they were probably laughing at me. That's how much I was not good. <laughs> oh, that's no. how ridiculously hor- oh, horrendous no. I am. I haven't had that feeling no. in a while, but that's the feeling I used to have. Yeah. Did you ever sure. have that? Yeah, that I was so horrible that surely I went in the file of the worst auditioners ever. Like embar- embarrassing. <laughs> like when you, well, see, the thing is that with an audition, you, oftentimes you really are, you feel very exposed. I mean, yeah, depending on what are. the audition's for. I was going for nude roles, so yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, you feel like, you, yeah, you feel exposed. Yeah. And it's like, oh, they saw that and they didn't want it. And that's a shitty feeling. It is a shitty feeling. And then you realize that this business is made up of a lot of nutbags. There's egos, there's narcissists, yes. there's stuff behind the scenes, there's manipulations and machinations that you have no idea about. That's right. So, and you start to see the matrix and you start to go, <laughs> wait a minute, that guy got that job. Well, who's he represented by? Oh, and who's the production comp? Oh, it's all rigged. And you, but it not takes even the in heat off way. of you. It's just, no, no, that's no. the game. It's just what it is. Yeah. It, it's money and it's shit that doesn't have to do with your talent. Right. And the sooner I learn that in this business, the less I can I separate my talent from what I do from the business. Fuck, fuck all that. But here's the thing. I was fired too. I've been fired a few times. <laughs> I was fired from Chelsea lately in 2011 or so. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, man, it took me at least two years to really process it. And fired is fired is one of the hardest things I've and fired from a job that I actually tried at. That was the bummer of Chelsea getting yeah. fired from that show. And I think the rejection part is it's also in the means. Have you ever been rejected by somebody and the way they've told you? was so real like one time i had a club owner just go hey look i don't know you i'm not gonna book you and i went <laughs> okay i get that yes that's that's okay a, a okay kind of rejection <laughs> you kind of are thankful because it's about him it. right he made it he made he it told you it has nothing to do with you and he told you the truth yeah. but when i got fired from chelsea it was a lot of you know we just we have your voice already on the show and why don't you just tell me just say something like you know what chelsea doesn't like you and I go, oh, but instead they give you the hand jobbing. And I think it's the hand jobbing that makes it worse because then you, it, pay, it plays well, mind games. The reason the hand jobbing makes it worse, to, I, I think, is because you know that's not the truth. <laughs> and so it makes you have to try to figure out what, what is the truth. The truth. Wait, can I ask yeah. you a question, though? You sure. said that if she had just said Chelsea doesn't like you, yeah. that would have been okay. Yep. I'm curious about that because for me, I, that, I, I, I mean, unless you were like, I don't need to be the kind of person that Chelsea likes. Yeah, I don't need to be the kind of person okay. that anybody likes now. No. Oh, I want to get to that point. Oh. Well, I think there's still a part of me that wants to be liked by everyone. I think that that's, oh. I think that um, that might be one of the more upsetting parts of, of this recent shit canning. Although, like I said, I really am doing quite okay and i'm excited about the future and i think i'm really in a strangely enough i'm in a better place it was the right thing to happen even though i'm still kind of mystified that it happened and it it, the whole thing is confusing and bewildering i i didn't see it coming and i don't like the fact that i didn't see it coming because i feel like how did i not see what was it's that thing of wanting to know the truth and wanting to be in reality 
And on the one hand, you can't know something that someone's not sharing with you, which mm-hmm. is what was happening. But I like to think that I can pick up on things usually. And the thing is, I think I was picking up on things. I was feeling like I was feeling sad. Well, I was. Yeah. Like I just felt this sort of emptiness in my I was there was a one week where I woke up and every morning I felt this emptiness in my heart and I chalked it up to the fact that um, my dog died, my, my dog that I was in love with and he was very young and he died. It was a tr- sudden, unexpected, tragic death. My husband and I were on our honeymoon. He was attacked by um, an off-leash dog and we had to come back and ended up having to put him down and it was awful and I've been having a lot of trouble getting past it because there's still so many questions and that's a whole separate story and I've talked about it a lot so I don't I don't mean to bring that into every podcast I do and yet I feel like it's sort of integral to the whole story it's a big deal dude it was a a big deal for me yeah Yeah. so yeah so I was just like weirdly enough suddenly this must be the I couldn't figure out why I was having this feeling. I figured maybe it has to do with Oliver. That was his name. Even though it it seemed weird that suddenly there was a resurgence of Oliver processing, you know, suddenly months later. I suspect that wasn't what that really was. I think that I was picking up on weird job shit mm. and I didn't know that that's what it was, but I think I was picking up on it because I'm... I remember a couple of years ago, for some reason, I was just suddenly depressed for, for a little while and I couldn't figure it out. And then I found out that my husband had been upset with me, but didn't know how to talk about it yet and was mm. trying to figure out the way to bring it up. It was like a real small, low level kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But once we talked about it, I felt a thousand times better. And we worked through it. And I was like, oh, I think that's what was bringing me down. Like, I'm a very, I'm calibrated in a very sensitive way. Mm -hmm. I pick up on everything, even if I'm not 100% aware of what I'm picking up on. So I think that I was picking up on something I just didn't know. So I just assumed, oh, well, this sad thing happened in my life. It must be related to that. Um, But I forget the whole train of thought that I was on. I think you're right. What you're saying to me, it sounds like you're going, is that unconsciously, maybe you kind of knew or maybe I knew something wasn't it wasn't all right. fitting together anymore because i and i do believe this in in hindsight is a wonderful gift and i i do believe this with you is that mm, all the times i've been fired and it was the right thing for me to be fired from I'll, you'll look back in time and go thank god i got fired yeah because on some level you didn't want to be there and somebody else picked up on that <laughs> I guess it wasn't right in a way I'm something like that I'm kind of resisting that because I don't want to think that I brought this on myself no and I'm not saying that no but I know what you mean I think you're right because obviously you can always you can always play the game better yeah you can if you always yeah you could want right and that but that's been like the thing that's a learning experience for me from this is that I need to sort of that part of me that trusts that things are okay, allow, you know, lets things just kind of get into a lull. Um, I need to keep that in check more the next time, if I'm ever in a situation like this again, because I should have been checking in with him more to make sure things were okay. Even though I just, I felt like they were, I was like, I've been doing this for four years. I, everything feels okay. But, um, oh, I know where I was going with that whole thing though, which is, um, at the end of the day, the fact that he just didn't like me enough to keep me around, that is a little bit painful. Mm. It's not as painful as I would think it would be, but I don't love, I don't, I don't um, savor that aspect of it, you know? 
the feeling that he just didn't like i guess he didn't like me you enough rejected yeah that it was a you, he didn't want to work you with think me. it's a personal thing no 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 well in that it happened to me and i'm a person yeah no i know you're saying <laughs> no, i don't think no, that's why I, I don't i don't think that's why yeah but yeah. he preferred not having me yeah, there than I, yeah. having me there yeah which is weird when i th- felt like my job was to make it easier for him to do the show. So it's right. like, it's so, isn't it? Conf- I remember when the, the day I got fired from Chelsea, um, I thought everything was going good for me. Yes. That's the weird thing is the day before I'd done the round table and I was getting like back slaps from the higher ups and I was getting along with everybody. And then the next day I got fired. And I remember being walked to my car by the accounting girl because she has to collect the garage opener for me, you know? <laughs> and I remember asking her, I'm sorry, can I have a moment to sit and cry in the stairwell? I can't get oh. in my car. And I was just stunned and I cried and I cried and then I went home and I was stunned and I just cried. I just walked around the Silver Lake Reservoir and just bewildered. Like, I think it's so shocking and being and you fired. Feel so, you feel powerless. Yeah. It's it's shocking, yeah, and you're on the receiving end of this blow. It's like getting right. it's like getting well, so you didn't punched. see it coming at all either. No, no. my no. husband has this because he you know works in a management position and in, at his job, and he's like his feeling about firing is the job of a good manager is to keep the employee informed about their performance. So by the right. time there's the conversation comes up that you know can you come into my office, they they're like oh shit I know what's coming. Yeah. But I don't think in entertainment it works that way. No, show business. And here's the thing with show business right. is that it's irrational. It's based on feelings. It's based <laughs> on a lot of shit that doesn't make sense. So to try right. to make sense out of a show business firing, it's like, yeah, what? Which is, and by the what? way, I should say this. Adam has every right to change his show. Of course, in no way do course. I feel like that's not okay. Like, of course, he has every right to. It just was, a, I just, we have different opinions about what a good show is i guess but then again i also trust that he'll make the show he wants to make and it'll be good and he's good at what he does that's fine but yeah i just i was i was surprised um who how did they do it how did they fire you who did it oh um oh i got called into the the ep's room and then yeah the other producer was sitting there and uh, what did you think you were going in there for? this is the best so here's the thing i was i was there at the time i was supposed to start like at 9 a.m i was always early I was always early because I was a newbie. And um, I was like, this is weird. Nobody else is at their desks. And usually everybody's ready to work. And I, I get called in. And then he sits me down. This is the best part. And he goes, so we're going to have to let you go. And I <laughs> Just like that? Just like, yeah. And I go, what? And I start laughing. And I go, nah, are you being? Like, I thought it was a practical Aww, joke. And yeah. that someone, one of the staff was goofing on because it's a comedy show. But plus in entertainment, I feel like, I mean, in employment, I feel like that's a joke that gets made a lot. Yeah. Anyway, like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah. okay, whatever. And I started laughing. And he's like, no, no, really. And, uh, you know, they gave me the uh, the company line of whatever. We, don't, we already have your voice on the show, blah, blah, blah. And I... You know, you just go, okay. And I just started to feel like I had settled in there and I picked up all my little, my Gigi Allen bobblehead that was on my desk. You know, you, you pack up your shit and you did leave. Did you feel pathetic as you did? Yeah. Crying. I was Why? crying too and yeah. putting away my bobblehead. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what? I actually tried. Right. One. And I brought my personality into this a little <laughs> bit. How sad is that? <laughs> well, how, and here's the thing. I, I always, firing's always bad, but I feel as though that was a decent firing and that... They, someone looked me in the eye, someone fucking told me a lie, and I appreciated that, and I was like, cool. 
Uh, Sarah Silverman got fired from SNL via fax. Well, <laughs> I got fired via email. Wow. Yeah. So. Wow. A lot of people are making a lot of that. Um, and I think the reason to not fire someone by email is because you don't is because there's no way that's not going to come back to bite you in the ass of like you'd fire by email like what were you thinking <laughs> like it just it's sort of like the same reason you don't break up with someone by email because <laughs> you're can't you're handing them a thing to be like and can you believe that you know um but not handing me but just the the universe yes. like the universe doesn't look kindly on that that being said i don't know how much i personally really care about that aspect of it um I think it's more the tenor of how it all happened and what the email said and just the lack of – I would have liked some kind of back and forth and some kind of greater understanding of why the decision was made. Um, you know, it wasn't an email that's like, you know, you can call me if you have questions. It was like, this is it. We're done. We're done. <laughs> Adios. Have a, have a nice <laughs> life. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I don't know. Um, but it, how did you feel – so how do, what what does one do when you get an email like that? Like what I sat I we it was the last day we were in New York and we had a late flight, so we were in Central Park killing time and I checked my email, got the email, the subject line was two thousand fifteen. I thought it was gonna be like, <laughs> here's you know, just some some things for the next year. Right. Which it was well, new coffee mugs. Yeah. But kitchen. it was <laughs> um but it was that he's revamping the show and not having me back. <sighs> And I, I literally, I said, whoa. And then I said, Daniel, look. And I showed him and I sat down and like my legs felt a little noodly. Like I felt a little woozy. It was just so like the air had been sucked out of the room. Just, just this, cause I'd been doing it for four years. So it was the reality that I knew. This is your this is your daytime. The yes. family you spend forty plus hours a week. You travel together, right? You... And we had just traveled a lot together. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it was like my. It's kind of like my identity. Have you done the topic of identity? That would be another. No, but yeah. but it was like my identity for you know Allison Rosen from the Adam Carolla show for four years. So that was weird, but also this feeling of. I will be okay. Like that was there. It wasn't this like, no, don't yeah. do this to me. I I didn't feel like I need this. I think that if I had gotten fired a few months in, mm. I would have felt like you're yanking away from me this thing that I really wanted to hang on to that I needed. I didn't feel like I needed it. Um, that was kind of the saving grace. I liked it. I wanted it, but I didn't feel like I needed it. So I didn't feel like my survival was being yanked away from me. I just felt like, huh, I can't believe he made that decision. Uh, what could it have been? And then I started thinking of all the things it could have been. Was it this? Was it? I mean, the first thing I thought is, was it because I've been sad? I was in mourning. Did that make me not perform well? Hmm. Um, I don't think that's the case, though. I had been feeling like I hadn't been in there as much on the shows like I'd been quieter and I and I was trying you know near the end I was trying to fix that because I felt like I owe it to the show to be more engaged and I don't I don't know I thought that maybe it was the morning that was causing me to be a little less engaged I don't think it was that I think in retrospect the decision had been made uh, a while before I 
received it. Um, and I think that I, that's probably what I was picking up on. Mm. That makes more sense to me because it's like, I've been doing it for four years. I'm a professional. I can have a good show regardless of, you know, like I remember my grandmother died and I went on TV that night and I was mm. really good. You know, I actually when when shit's bad in my life, performing is always an outlet oh, for me. I love, I like the escape of it. So I know that I'm capable of shutting that stuff in my personal life off. So I don't, is I don't think it was that. I think it was that I, the dynamic had already shifted for me there, and I was picking up on it. Um, but you know that occurred to me. These, you know, uh, was it like that? You know, I I I accidentally shit on his point at that live show. Was it that? Was it that? But it's like I don't think it was any of those one. I don't think it was any one thing like that. I don't know what it was. I know, and it's like you can't just go, hey, what was it? <laughs> well, I thought of doing that. I thought of asking for for more clarification, but then I just, I don't know that I could actually ever get it, and trying to get it would have been too painful, I think. Yeah, because that's the thing, and that's the thing with like breakups or any form of rejection is you're just like, just tell me why. Yeah what did I do and what, how did it happen? Tell me the chain of events. Right. When did you make up? That was, that was the main, one of the main questions, but it's funny as I sit here now, I don't care. Right. <laughs> like this feels like the past, even though it just happened two weeks ago or not even two weeks ago. But at the time, one of the main questions was, and I think in a breakup, this is always a main question too. Like, when did you know, <laughs> when did you make up your mind? About our relationship, yes. about my life. Yeah. How long have you been lying to me? That's that's kind of where it goes. Like, well, how long have you been lying to me? And the lie is pretending everything's fine, acting yeah. like we're okay. Yeah. God. It's, and it, yeah, I think you're right. That duplicitousness of, yeah, but bro, we do this thing every day together. And yeah. you knew how, how long ago did you want to get rid of me? And we've been acting as if... Everything's, everything's fine, fine. And, I, and to the degree that I thought everything was but it's the worst yeah I, yeah I do think being fired is one of the hardest human it's it's the hardest it was one of the hardest things for me to deal with it really was just devastating if you had been there God. like I had for years though do you oh, think it would have been God, different worse. It, worse worse because I worked so so I was at Chelsea on the round table for a year and then Jen Kirkman left and then I replaced Jen Kirkman. I only lasted for a month and change as a writer. So I was in the inner circle of that show for really only a month and change. Um, but it was enough where I was starting to get comfortable with them and they were starting to accept me, I felt like, and then have that thing drop. So if I had been in that family, quote unquote, and then had that shit happen, dude, I'd be I'd be way more because yeah. it's like you guys are my you know how it is your work family is like a surrogate family it's just weird to have that yes there and there is that emptiness I do feel that like, emptiness of I miss all these people that I used to see every day um yeah everyone has reached out to not everyone but almost everyone has reached out to me and been you know and I've seen a lot of them since and uh so it has it's not like I, I will never see them again or I'm totally cut off or anything like that. But it is weird. They you know, they were my everyday people that I saw and hung out with. Oh. Yeah. 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 I know, dude. It's the fucking shittiest thing. Well, 
I have some quotes on it. Do you want to hear some? Yes, please. <laughs> oh, good, good, good. Oh, I also think that um, it's embarrassing to get fired. I do remember feeling... I'm surprised that I'm using the word, the term fired, actually. Really? Okay. Yeah. Should we not? No, 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 that's not... No, we should. But I'm just speaking to that embarrassing thing because the first few emails I sent about it were, um, I've parted ways with Adam Carolla. Adam Carolla and I have parted ways. Like that was, that was how... Well, until he talked about it on a show and now it's like every... It's so public that it... I could refer to it as parted ways. And so I think, you know, actually in emails, I still do. But just in chatting about it, it's like I may as well just say it because every, I mean, that's the story. Dude, you fired her by email. What were you thinking? That's what the tweets say. <laughs> that's the truth. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's so I'm truth. like kind of, I'm okay with saying it, but it isn't, there isn't a level of embarrassment about it. Yeah. yeah. It's embarrassing. And I, for a while, I was embarrassed about getting fired from Chelsea. And I recently had like a general meeting at a network. And they know, they know what happened, okay? And so I, I told this executive, he goes, so you were with Chelsea, what happened? I go, oh, I got fired, she fired me. <laughs> and he goes, you know what, thanks for being honest because a lot of people come in here and they're, and I know, we all know what happened. How do they all know? Does everyone, well, is there a central computer? <laughs> because because for one thing, like it's, it's showbiz and people know personalities and they know what she's like, they know what he's like, blah, blah, blee, blope. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody knows everything. Right. Okay. There's no secrets about that shit. And so what? It's not a blemish. Well, that's the who thing. Who cares? That's kind of what's better, I think, for us than people who get fired from their job at an accounting firm is that yes. people know that she and that he are these like fiery personalities. Yes. So it's not hard to wrap your your brain around the idea that they could have just made the decision to get rid of you, even if even and that's not a comment on your talent no or your ability to be worked with no and i will say uh oh that thing about hindsight is that the places i was fired from where it made sense years and years and years later it still makes sense now i do believe that if you're fired wrongly or you're let go or something didn't happen for you it'll get corrected later what does that mean meaning i got fired as a writer on the show uh from deke entertainment now defunct DIC was a company. I created a show called Trolls with a Z. <laughs> and I was the head writer on that show. I was 28 years old. And I handed in the pilot. I had worked a year on it. And I got fired. I got fired as a writer of my own show. Uh, of and Trolls? Of Trolls with a Z. And I was <laughs> devastated. And Who fired you? Uh, the head of Deke. Wow. And um, I was devastated. And I felt, well, that was a weird injustice because they knew what I was creating. I, I didn't keep it a secret. And then what happened is a year later, they hired some old fucking white guys with pagers, dad boners, writing for teenage girls, and they couldn't do it. And they rehired me to correct all the storyboards and correct story and dialogue. So was it this? Did they come crawling back? Yes. And it was fantastic. And I made a lot of money (laughs) and I got to go back to the thing that was rightfully mine. So I do believe that when you are let go wrongly, the universe or whatever corrects that. Did you debate not going back? No. Because I knew what would make it right, and that's money. You pay me, and I'll fix your dumb show. <laughs> yeah, and they did. And with you, Miss, did they Rosen, say that they fucked up? Uh, no, they you don't do. get that. Yeah, no. they know you just get the offer for this great thing, and then you know, right? But you, Miss Miss Rosen, is you're in a wonderful position where you you have a highly successful podcast on your own. You have a wonderful fan base, people that adore you, people that love you. You're gonna. This is going to be the beginning of 
a whole new era for you. It's going to be awesome. That's been one of the weird upsides to this. It's sort of like being able to attend your own own funeral and find out what everyone thinks of you. <laughs> it's really crazy. The yeah. level of support I've received has been just, I can't even keep up with all of it. Like I try to read all the tweets, but I can't. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the, like I, there's like, a bazillion Facebook messages that I haven't been, you know, it's just, I can't though. It's just coming in so fast and I appreciate it so much. It's, it makes me feel so good. So thank you everyone for your outpouring of support. Of course you deserve it, dude. Okay. Let's see. We don't, 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 uh, 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 uh. Oh, we're going to read some quotes. Well, yeah. And I was just thinking, I mean, here's one. I just love this from Oprah, Queen Oprah, (laughs) my favorite human being. Um, I don't want anyone who doesn't want me. Mm. Mm. Love this. Uh, rejection, though, it could make the loss of someone you weren't even that crazy about feel gut-wrenching and world-ending. That's about romantic, what yes. you're talking about. Deb Coletti, The Secret Life of Prince Charming, that was hers. I've fought for relationships that I knew I didn't want to be in <laughs> just because I didn't want to be rejected. I know. because it it's too painful. The, yeah, it's so funny, right? Even now, I... There's this album that I was supposed to have released a million months ago, and I'm afraid <laughs> of releasing. I'm I'm going to do it now, finally, in the coming weeks here. It's in the end stages, but yeah, I'm afraid of criticism. And then you go, wait, what? You're afraid of what some people on Twitter are going to say about you? <laughs> are you out of your fucking mind? Well, that's the thing. Fear <laughs> of rejection. No, no. I yeah. totally get it, though. But you shouldn't let that stop you. <laughs> no. Fear of no, rejection. No, no. And it's not can make you afraid to put yourself out there. And yeah. if you're an entertainer or an artist or whatever we are, that's the, like one of the, the things you have to really keep in check is don't let it make you smaller. Don't let it make you more quiet yes. or more or meek. Don't let it make you meek. Like to me, like I think, you know, my heroes are people who are willing to put shit out there that's completely polarizing. Mm. You know, like Matt and, and Matt Stone and Trey Parker. Mm. I think the fact that they can do what they do, and I don't know how much all the hate gets to them, but, you know, something like Book of Mormon would never be have been created by someone who's afraid of tweets. Yeah, of course. And even someone, it's funny, like Dane Cook, who I was a huge fan of his stuff when he started. I love Retaliation. I love Dane Cook's first shit. That guy got so much hate. And you're like, wait, wait a minute. Everyone gets why? it. Why? Yeah, like, yeah. why? He was he was your hero an hour ago, and now you guys are shitting on Dane Cook? And to see him persevere, you're like, yes, motherfucker, yes. This is my favorite. Um, I like this quote, hold on. Every time I thought I was being rejected from something good, I was actually being redirected to something better. Steve Maraboli, unapologetically you. I don't know. Oh, I like that. that. I yeah. don't know who that is, but I like that quote. But I do feel like for you that there are no mistakes when it comes to shit like this. I do think, and yeah. I know on some level at Chelsea, I didn't like being there. Every day I got in my car and I cried. <laughs> I wasn't, I didn't fit into that culture and first of all, let me say that I have every ounce of respect for Chelsea Handler and her success and what she does. She does really fucking well, man. Every day that studio is full of full of fans. She's she's fantastic yeah. at what she does. This is not disparaging against Chelsea Handler. I have utmost respect. But it wasn't my it wasn't my gig. I was trying to fit my foot into the shoe. I was one of Cinderella's stepsisters trying to trying to make my personality fit that gig. 
yes. didn't work. I think that that's true of Adam and me as well. I mean, I yeah. think that he and I, it's true. We were never the perfect fit. We are very different fundamentally in terms of, you know, I, he believes that the world needs more shaming and more judgment to get everyone to get their shit together. <laughs> I'm much more of a like, the world, let's not, you know, I don't believe we should be judging each other. Like, I'm much more of a, like, come here, let me hug you. You're going to be okay. We're all okay as these weird, misshapen individual creatures who are all just trying to, you know, trying, we're, we're all on the same journey or separate journeys, but we're all going the same place or some um, bullshit mantra like that. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, though? I'm He's a, tough love. Yeah, yes, exactly. And I'm the inverse of that. He's the abusive parent. <laughs> He's my mom. Yeah. And then <laughs> and there's everyone else. But you know, that's, that's motive. He's motivating and inspiring for people who need that message. And absolutely fantastic at what he does. Yes. And he's super funny. And I, I like listening he's to right. him. I don't, stuff. I've yeah. never worked with anyone who can just be hilarious on any topic yeah. like that. You can throw out, you can put him on the, he thrives when he's put on the spot. I had learned <laughs> you know in other sort of sidekick positions don't set someone up to fail yeah you know don't just ask a question where it's going to be hard for them to come with up with something out of thin air like he likes those situations he's the best when he in fact if i ever find myself in this position again with someone else i'm going to have to like kind of unlearn a lot of things i learned with him because the way that he works best is not going to be the way someone else works best but anyway that was not what i was trying to say what i was trying to say was yeah it was never a perfect fit but I think that tension between us is what the fans – I mean, not that it was tension like like um, he said, she said uh, with Kevin Bacon and Elizabeth <laughs> – what's her name? Right. Which was one of my favorite movies. Right. Not that kind of like yeah. we're, you're going to watch us bicker on air. It wasn't yeah. like that. But there was this sort of like tension at the heart of it because I think people knew that I have a different take on – you know, I have, we have different uh, – we see the world very differently. Yeah. But people liked that. But I can get that maybe he didn't like that. Yeah. That's not what he wanted. He yeah. wanted probably, he probably wants a more singular voice, his, his own voice. <sighs> Who knows, dude? And, you know, you may never know, which is the most fucking maddening part. Yeah. Is that you'll never really know. <laughs> Ooh. But I do believe that uh, this is the absolute truth of it. You're guided there for a reason. And then it's now this is the opportunity to pick up and move into a new direction. It's almost like, I don't know, I do believe in fire. Everything I've been fired from more or less has been right. <laughs> Looking think, back, I'm like, yeah, I, should, I shouldn't have been there. Yeah. <laughs> I think this was right. It's yeah. too soon to know for sure, but I do, I do think that's the case. Yeah. And four years in this business, four years in one job is a long time. It's an eternity. Nothing yeah. lasts that long. No. Marriages don't last that long mm-hmm. in our business, let alone show business. Right. Let alone a gig, yeah. Man. Yeah, sorry. I, you know what I started doing when I when I got uh, fired from Chelsea is I picked up um, coloring. I went to Michael's Arts and Crafts, <laughs> and I would start doing, like, paint-by-number sets. And, like, that's when I started crafting hardcore. My sister finds that very therapeutic. She's very yeah. into that. She well. can do amazing shit with popsicle sticks and whatnot. Um, yeah. Yeah, maybe I should get into that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Here's a neat one. I know that when a door closes, it can feel like all doors are closing. A rejection letter can feel like everyone will reject us, but a closed door leads to clarity. It's really an arrow. Because we cannot go through the door, we will go somewhere else. And that somewhere else is your true life. This is Tama J. Keeves. I like that 
I do too. But I think that for someone who's sort of a control freak, <laughs> getting that door shut is like, I want to open it. <laughs> like, let me in, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I read this interesting thing by a friend of mine who wrote about having applied for a job that to her was like the dream job. It was an editorial job. I don't know what magazine or publication it was at, but I have a hunch um, which one it was. And she wrote this piece about being really excited about the job and feeling like she, you know, really had a shot thinking she was going to get it and then not getting it. And all, you know, the things people would say about like, Oh, it wasn't right for you. It must not yeah. have been right, right for you anyway. And all this stuff. And, but the feeling of like, no, but it really was, yeah. I really, it really was filled with great people. <laughs> and I really want, and it was, it was really, um, she really canvassed the topic well. I should have sent it to you or brought it in. I didn't even think about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, occasionally you do get rejected from something, but in the, but that's not the case for me with this job. Like I do think this was the right move, but sometimes there is the perfect thing that does reject you, and then by definition, it's no longer. It wasn't the perfect thing, but Mm-mm. for a long time, you hang on to the idea that it was. Oh my god, yes, almost definitely. I remember when I wanted to get into law school. I thought that I was going to be a lawyer. And I, uh, I didn't get into a lot of them. I only got into one. And I remember being like, but this is certainly the thing. I must be a lawyer. This is what... It-. No. Yeah. It's only with time. It's only in hindsight you'll see. And when I, come out. when I think about the most painful romantic rejections, it was the ones where I was never told the truth. Yeah. You know, to go back to that thing that we're talking about. But... Not even not being told the truth, but just not the ones where the person acted in like a very incoherent, shady kind of manner. Like they just, you know, just the fade away or just not calling <laughs> okay. you. Or, or, a, and then you find out they're the seeing worst. someone else. And you're like, I, I was waiting for you to call me. Like for the past month, I thought I thought we were still in this, but we weren't. I'm obviously not talking about committed relationships. No, I'm talking no. about when you're dating someone. But it's just the that the confusion makes it more painful because you're yeah. like, I was deluding myself. I hate that feeling that, oh, wow, I was deluding myself. I, I thought this was going on and it wasn't for you. <laughs> it's the worst. It is the worst. Yeah, the delusion. Yeah. Absolutely the one-sidedness of something right. like that. Oh, my God. Sorry, I'm like going through. I'm, I'm like, I'm simultaneously trapped in the feeling of being fired as I'm trying to like intellectually <laughs> talk about it. And it's really hard for me because I... Oh boy, there is nothing like that one. Mm. I don't know what I was going to say. If you were to, have you seen her? Have you talked seen her since? Mm-mm. Like, oh you- yeah. So here's the best part. So I got fired as a writer, and then they go, "Well, we're going to have you on the round table." And I had decided to drive to Vegas to be with my husband because he was doing gigs. You know, I got fired. What else was I going to do? I was going to go to Vegas and hang out with my husband. I think that's the first thought. Like, oh, wow, my relationship (laughs) will really benefit from this. It's going to get oodles of me now. (laughs) Yeah, fantastic. Right. So I drove to Vegas. And then I get to Vegas and I get an email from the booker saying, hey, she wants you to come back on the show tomorrow. Or sorry, or two days from now. Uh, I think you should do it. You know, and I go, you know what? I think I should too. Just to show them that like... No hard feelings. They didn't get me, man. You didn't get me. Fuck you. I'm I'm still here and I'll do it. And I did it and it was great. And then I got another email saying, yeah, they don't want you back on the round table again. <laughs> and I go, why? Well, you know how she is. That was the uh, the reason. And I go, all right, well, that's the end of that. But that is confusing. It's very confusing when you don't know. Truth I can handle. 
I can always handle reality. Yeah. It's the vagueness and the out of control stuff that is what crushes right. people. And the illusion that if you just think about it in the right way, you'll be able to figure out the truth. <laughs> yeah. Because that's what always gets me. You yeah. know, if I were just like, oh, I'll never know. <laughs> but that's not how I, can't I am. can't do that. Yeah. No. Who I'm can like, do that? I don't know. I'll never know. Oh, well. <laughs> no. La, la, la. I yeah. still love myself. What? <laughs> well, so... Did that kind reopen of asshole. the wound? Like when you got that? Yeah. Then that, that yeah. was part two of this firing. Like motherfucker, just rip the bandaid off. Just stab me in the chest and let me go, you know, heal somewhere else. Don't yeah. draw this crap out. Uh, How yeah. long after the firing did you get that email saying they weren't having you back on the round table? Oh, right after I did the round table. So it was like the next day when I was like, hey, I'm just sending in my availability for the next. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I know. But I, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm fine now, obviously. But uh, are you happy oh, that you got that last show, or do you wish you'd never even gone back? Oh, I don't even think about it. I haven't even considered that question. I, no, I'm glad I did it because it was, it was, it took a lot of strength. It took everything in me to be able to do that again. And I will say, what I learned from that firing is that, on some level, I, I obviously I wasn't happy there, and she, she knew it. They, everybody knows everything unconsciously. I yes. do believe that. I believe that too. Yeah. And I I didn't want to write for the queen bee. I wanted to be the queen bee. And I think she knew that. I think that's what I was giving off is that fuck you. I'm I'm funnier here. I know that. And I know it was my attitude. And I got fired and you know what? I became a headliner right after. I was like, "Well, great. Now I've got this credit. I'm going to hit the clubs. I'm going to become the best comic in the fucking world, man." And it got me really focused what that quote was saying. Uh uh-uh, leads to clarity. It's really an arrow because we cannot go through that door. We will go somewhere else. It becomes an arrow into the direction you secretly want to go right. into. And that's what that is. On some level, you knew it. You knew it was coming at some level. Oh, you got to get out. Do you think... Hi, Theo. Do you think that um, you were like so unconsciously subconsciously giving off the vibe yeah so it but it wasn't at all overt it, it came i'm you listen i'm not really good at concealing my emotions <laughs> i don't know if you know either. this about yeah. me uh everybody knows what's going on with me because my face i can't lie my husband yeah, makes i don't fun have of a me poker face i can't oh my god we're the same i guess that hadn't <laughs> occurred to me that much how much that i might have been doing that too no way dude no way like right. and i do believe everybody knows everything unconsciously there's a you, you, they know everybody right. knows what's happening and that's okay yeah you, you do feel other people's energy yeah that's okay yeah because you know you and i are too old to not be who we are <laughs> yeah it's every every time i have a birthday which feels like they come faster and faster <laughs> yeah i that's my like my thought is like i'm too old to be insecure or i'm too old to care that much about what people think i'm too old to not just be who I am. Yeah. Because you know? it's it's exhausting to do the opposite. Right. To be in your 20s again and worry about, oh my God, am I doing this right? Is everything... It's fucking exhausting. Yeah. Like what I've learned doing this show is just let it rip, man. Like, totally. Just don't even... Oh, don't think about what you said. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry about the shame of the guilt of the, the hangover. What is it? The uh, oversharing hangover. Just fucking do it. Who yeah. cares? Everybody's the same. We're all the same. We That's all go through think, stuff. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Oh, well. Well, Allison, is there anything else uh, you want to get off your chest? I mean, this is the... We're heading the end here. 
just that I had the best time. Oh. And I'm so glad. It, it's been a little while since I've seen you and I've missed yes. you, so it's good to catch up. I missed you too, man. On air and off. Mm. Um, and uh, I'm trying to think if there's any sort of like positive oh. sort of spin that well, I want to share with people. Well, where, where can people, yeah, that too. And also where can people find you? Has it changed because of... No, actually, or... still Alison Rosen. Does. So uh, okay. Alison Rosen's your new best friend comes out twice a week at this point, hopefully with more frequency now that I have so much time to devote to it. Yes. Uh, so that's Alison Rosen's your new best friend on iTunes or AlisonRosen.com. And then my um, my Twitter is Alison Rosen. I mean, at, oh, excuse me. My brain is going in so me many directions at once. Find me on Twitter <laughs> at Alison Rosen. Also on Instagram at Alison Rosen. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, sorry, but finally. Oh, I was, yeah, I was trying to like come up with some sort of, you know, if, if you're out there, well, I think what I, I think what I said before about the idea that, cause I think I probably am speaking more, I would want to be speaking more to people who are dealing with rejection romantically. Cause those, that's the one that like cuts <sighs> to the core Fuck. more than, well, it just depends. But I, those were the ones that I always found to be the most painful. That kind of rejection is that. It really is about them, not you. It's about what they need to be with or want to be with. And you can be a perfectly wonderful, healthy, stable person. Or maybe you're, you know, a (laughs) fuck up. I don't know. But you, it's not a referendum on you. There's someone else out there for you. Oh, I firmly believe that, by the way. I believe that there is someone with the perfect wiring that you guys are going to match up with. Yes. Yeah, and that person's doing you a favor by rejecting you. Totally. Whether it be in career or in uh, love, all rejection is doing you a favor. Yes. It's that person uh, spitting you out before you hang out long enough so you make the decision to spit them out. You know what I mean? Right. It's like you, they just did the hard work for you. I yeah. think it's such a it's a blessing it in really disguise. Is. It totally is. I agree with in that. In disguise. No, in, in disguise. <laughs> yeah, I think it's I do I and I know and it sucks when it happens to you because people say this shit to you and when it's fresh, you're like, um, what are you talking about? Like I remember when I got fired and people would tell me that shit and I was like, Go fuck yourself. You don't know how I feel. I'm daytime <laughs> drinking right now. Like I was drinking Chardonnay during the daytime. Uh but here's the thing. The day I got fired from Chelsea, I went over to my friend Jenny Pantlin's house. They're a show business family. And I went over there. They poured me a glass of wine. And then they go, oh, you got fired? Congratulations. You're officially in show business. It's your first <laughs> show business firing. And I was like, you're right. And you're not in show business until you've had a show business firing, oh, Allison Rosen. Well, welcome me. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the club. <laughs> it fucking sucks. And it's going to make you... I believe it's it's going to make you stronger. This is 2015's your year and your show's awesome. You're an awesome human being and I'm so excited to see what you're going to do with this man. I think it's going to be really good for you. Thank you. I do too. I love you. I love you too. Aww. And you know what that is? <laughs> what? That's deep, bro. <laughs> Thanks for being here, Allison. Thank you. <laughs> now what? I don't know. Philosophize with. Yeah, it's Christina P, aka Miss 
jeans This ain't your mom's house It's a different theme Gotta be critically thinking Like you caught up at a cocktail party Our thoughts start to sink in John Locke Or was it Socrates? Aristotle or Plato Maybe Hippocrates Got us talking all properly Topically Just a comedian Discussing these philosophies Serious questions Silly people What's that? That's deep, bro it is the ultimate metaphor for life, and you know what that is? What? That's deep, bro. That's deep, bro. That's deep.